Hi everyone, welcome to Her Story. My name is Nacha and I will be your host today. Today we will be talking about eating disorders. This can be a very sensitive subject and I would like to say that all the things I will be sharing are entirely my opinion and statistics that I found on veritable sources. Hopefully this episode will educate you more on eating disorders, but this does not mean you should use it for diagnosing or treating an eating disorder. Not all people with eating disorders will experience all the symptoms described here. This episode is not a substitute for expert professional care. If you have or suspect you may have an eating disorder, please consult your healthcare provider. Well, let's get started. Approximately 28.8 million Americans will have an eating disorder or disorders in a lifetime. There are many kinds of disorders. Some are anorexia nervosa, also known as anorexia, which is the most well-known disorder, bulimia nervosa, which is another well-known disorder, and binge eating disorder, which is the most common, especially in America. People with anorexia normally see themselves as overweight when they even might be dangerously underweight. Bulimia nervosa is a condition where people eat unusually large amounts reoccurrently and feel a lack of control over these episodes. It can happen to people of any weight. Binge eating disorder is similar to bulimia nervosa, except it normally happens to overweight or obese people. There are many causes for eating disorders such as genetics, personality traits like being a perfectionist or wanting to be liked by everyone, so social pressure, media, culture, the way your body works, and so many other things. Today, I wanted to highlight how society plays a role in eating disorders. So I think there's this common misconception that eating disorders are just a casual thing that one can recover from. It is just so common now to see someone with anorexia or a binge eating disorder that no one sees it as a big deal anymore. What people don't know is that every 62 minutes, at least one person dies as a result of eating disorder. They don't know that around 40% of the population around the world does not seek help due to the societal stigma of shame around having an eating disorder. And fewer than 25% of the people find care for their eating disorder. Celebrities like Kim Kardashian West, Khloe Kardashian, Kylie Jenner, Cardi B, and Britney Spears endorse detox teas, appetite suppressive lollipops, and flat tummy vitamins, and long period dieting to only eat a lot during Thanksgiving to their to their collective 979,600,000 followers. These celebrities are so many people's role models and seeing them makes these people want to be the same as the celebrities. What the audience doesn't understand is that many photos might be photoshopped. The celebrities have an actual chef and fitness trainer, unlike the general public who are seeing these photos and wanting to be them, and they're also taking sketchy appetite suppressant lollipops like how Kim Kardashian suggests. This happens not just for young adults and adults, but it also happens for kids. Kids watch Barbie and Disney movies and see how skinny the girls are in it and how, in air quotes, they are perfect. They don't see other girls who have different body sizes on TV. 
to show that I'm not BSing the fact that women of all ages see other people, celebrities and characters from books and TV shows, and try to be them unrealistically, let me run you through some stats. 42% of first to third grade girls want to be thinner. 81% of 10 year olds are afraid of being fat. 46% of 9 to 11 year olds are sometimes or very often on diets. 35 to 57% of adolescent girls engage in crash dieting, fasting, self-induced vomiting, diet pills, or laxatives. In a college campus survey, 91%, 91% of women admitted to controlling their weight through dieting. It is a It is outrageous how early girls start wanting to be the societal definition of ideal body size. Girls starting so young make it a higher likelihood for them to get an eating disorder. The societal perspective of healthy equals skinny is completely wrong. There are so many apps nowadays to help calorie count and track your weight loss, such as MyFitnessPal, and lose it. But being healthy doesn't mean you have to starve yourself. I myself had my fitness pal, but what I didn't realize is that I burn so many calories a day that my fitness pal doesn't account for, and trying to eat less food truly made me less healthy, even though it made me skinnier. And I know there are other people like me who feel the same way. Being healthy is what you need to be, not just skinny. The only time when weight loss is necessary is when your weight has affected your body in a bad way and being overweight is an actual issue. Even then, weight should be lost in a healthy manner, like regular exercise. Some forms of exercise can be a walk around the neighborhood with your friend, or maybe a run. You could also go to the gym, maybe even do some yard work, or dance to your favorite song. Another way to stay healthy is to refrain from consuming excessive sugary foods and fast food, such as Wendy's, McDonald's, and Chick-fil-A. Eating healthier and staying fit are great ways from from refraining to getting an eating disorder and to be staying healthy. Eating disorders affect everyone. It is not just a particular race or gender, even though it is more common in a few than others. Black teenagers are 50% more likely than white teenagers to exhibit bulimic behaviors such as binge eating and purging. Latinx people are significantly more likely to suffer from bulimia nervosa than their non-Latinx peers. Asian American college students report higher rates of restriction compared compared to their white peers and higher rates of purging, muscle building, and cognitive restraint than their white or non-Asian BIPOC peers. Asian American college students report higher levels of body dissatisfaction and negative attitudes towards obesity than their non-Asian BIPOC peers. Transgender college students are four times more likely to experience eating disorders compared to their non-trans peers. And remember from the beginning of this episode, I had said around 30 million Americans have some kind of eating disorder at some point in their life. Yeah, 20 million of those Americans are women. And approximately 85% to 95% of the people who suffer from eating disorders, anorexia anorexia nervosa and bulimia nervosa, are women. Eating disorders can affect anyone, some more than others. This is a reminder to me and to everyone that 
a number on the weighing scale doesn't measure your self-worth. You do. Well, that's a wrap on episode number two on Her Story. I hope you enjoyed it and stay tuned for future episodes and follow the official underscore Her Story on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Please let me know your thoughts and suggestions for future episodes to help make your story richer. If you are interested in learning more about eating disorders, here are the sources I use for statistics and to base my opinion off of. The Eating Disorder Coalition, the National Institute of Health, and the Eating Disorder Foundation, and the official Nervosa Associated Disorder Organization.